Here we go. We're going to get started. Let's go before the throne of God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your people, Father. First of all, you're a good God, a mighty God, an awesome God, a healer and a savior, Father. And we bless your holy name, Lord Jesus, for you are God and God alone. And we appreciate the work that you've done and all that you've done for your people, Father. Lord, be with us this day and this morning, Lord Jesus. Bless those that have come to congregate the call upon your name in the various places here and abroad, Father. Bless each and every one of your people and let them to understand that you, God, are God alone. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us turn in your Bibles to Romans 10. Amen. We're going to go through Romans 10. I'm going to touch this and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and we're going to read from t- Romans 10 verses I think we're going to start at 3. No. Now let's start at one. Let's go to one. Let's start at one. And we'll go from one to ten for now. We'll start there. Amen. Mm-hmm. And we'll read responsibly. Oh, uh, let's we'll just read it together. Okay. Amen. We gotta read responsibly. We'll read it all together. And it we there? You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Brother. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith he? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. May the Lord have an understanding of the reading of his word. I am going to have to pick this apart a little bit, and I am going to have to explain this a little bit from an apostolic perspective and a Jewish perspective that makes this more sense than what it was when they said it versus what it is now and how it is perceived now. The topic of this morning's message is the religious and the godly. 
the sub, the subtitle is The Cage and the Tree. When we initiate this concept, think of this as, think of yourself and the, and the individuals that believe in God as a bird. And a bird can be in a cage, or a bird can be in a tree. But both places offer a home, a place of reference, a place of safety. Birds rest in trees with their nests, or birds live in cages by their owners, crafted for their safety and for their restraint. That they are ordered and taken care of and provided for, yet they don't have access to anything outside of that cage. They're there for looks, they're there for presentation, they're safe, they're taken care of, they're well fed, but they don't have the freedom of a free bird that has a nest that's taken care of for by God. Amen? So, this is the topic. One of the things I wanted to be, Lord, the Lord wanted us to understand about this thing is that religion is in many ways like a cage. Religion comes with requirements. And religion comes with uh, uh, stipulations. You can do. You can't do. You ought to do. You will do. And if you don't, there are repercussions to what you don't get accomplished within that particular religion. Okay, um, most religions <coughs> are developed in this day and age. Let's go back a little bit. Let's think about this for a second. Before we go back a little bit. Many religions come about by an understanding and a means of expressing belief. When everyone was pagan, and all of these different ideals came about, and everyone worshipped their god and their idol and their worshiping this and that thing. They worshipped it however they felt and the environment impacted their life. However the environment, if it was raining, then the gods were crying and we needed to do something to appease the gods to make them happy. If it was hot and they were mad, well then everything's drying up, so we need to do something to make the gods happy. We have to always do something to make the gods happy so that we could reap the benefit of a happy God, okay? And so when Alexander the Great comes through and he begins to Hellenize, then words become important. And the expression of a belief becomes manifest and order and steps become the, the, the way of rendering the happiness to the God. And so you begin to see the structure and the differences played out and made manifest in a way that everyone begins to jump into their own camps and everyone proofs their belief, right? They proof their belief. This is my belief because it's this way and that way I have, I have it going back to my great, 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 great grandfather who believed this way and they felt it and it, this is the way it went and I can write this down and I can articulate that and I can present that and this is the way they did it. So I begin to add order to my belief 
and all those that believe my way have to follow my order. And all those that enter into this way have to maintain this, this promise. So this is the beginning of religions and the many different religions. Now we have about what? Three major religions being Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. These are the three major religions. But there are other many uh, side religions. There's the religions of the gods that are in India, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, all of these are considered different belief structures and belief and, and religions, right? But we are talking about Christianity and Judaism, that which came and structured out of God when he established what he presented and what he provided. Amen? So let's begin to look at the practices and the understandings of what made religion and then figure out what's the difference between godliness and religion. Do we serve God religiously or do we serve God in his likeness, in his, presenta his presentation of his godliness? Amen? So let's go here and look at Romans 10. We were looking at Romans 10, right? And we began to look at, we're going to, now I'm going to go, I'm going to take you through three different books. Get ready. We're going to go from Romans 10, Deuteronomy 30, and Isaiah 28. So get those ready, marked down, and ready to go. Those are the three we're going to hit. Amen? So, in Romans 10, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, before, before I get started there, I want to mention this one little part, another thing about religion. That religion has both good and bad. Good and bad. The bad part of religion is that it creates divisions. It creates false constructs and ideals that are held as truths that put a yoke and a level of bondage on the adherence to that particular belief, that particular religion. Amen? So that's the way it works. Most religion, that's one of the faults of religion, is that it creates a false bondage, a yoke that is heavy. And, in, and it's heavy for the purpose of keeping people in place under the order. The other thing is that it is about dumbing down the people. No one reaps the, the understanding of those up top. Everyone that adheres to it has to be below those that are on top. Those are the two biggest failings or faults of religion. Now, religion also has some benefits because how do we know not to kill anybody? How do we know not to hurt anyone? How do we know to treat people kindly? Because when we do, there is a reward. And seeking the reward becomes the major part of religion. Religion is about having a way of understanding how to receive a reward from the God or gods that you worship and that you follow. Okay? So here we are, right? We're in this process 
that Paul is establishing here in Romans to the church in Antioch. Okay, This is the church he's talking to. This is the church he's writing to. Romans was written, it wasn't the first book written, it's just the first one after the <laughs> after Acts, okay? It's not the first book that Paul wrote. The first book that Paul wrote was Galatians. But Romans is down there around after Matthew, okay? So around the time when Romans was being written, the church in Antioch was in full effect. It had, had many adherents of both Gentiles and Jewish uh, inf inf inferences into the apostolic doctrine. That means Hellenism was running rampant into the understanding of the apostles' doctrine. So what Paul was doing was trying to deal with individuals that were of a Jewish mindset pre professing it and presenting it from a Gnostic perspective, a Hellenistic perspective. That's why it's important to understand that you're talking about religions. Okay? Now he begins to talk about, he says, brethren, all right, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, that they have access to the reward. The reward of serving God is salvation. That's the reward. That's the golden ticket. Amen? So that's what he's presenting it as. He says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. In other words, all that he's, what he's saying is that all that they've done, they don't realize that there is an access to the reward that is unrealized in all the things that they did. In other words, all of the teachings that the Jews and the Israelites had coming up to this point has a purpose that they're not realizing. Okay? And the purpose and the point that they're not realizing is that they be, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. In other words, what does that mean? We have to understand what the Jews and what the apostles meant by righteousness. Righteousness from the construct of the, uh, from a Jewish mind is considered in the context of doing the right thing even though you didn't need to. Okay? Doing the right thing even though you didn't have to. Doing the right thing even though what you understood of is uh, uh, um, uh, free. You don't have to, but you do it because God said so. You adhere to it because God said so. You fell on God's word versus your own option. You, you went to God's way. Amen? And therefore you are righteous. Amen? You are, step, you are stepping and staying with God. Okay? Even though you have words that tell you to go the other way. And you can do it your own way. Now I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to hold God. Account. I'm going to stay with the word and the presentation and the, the desire of the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to stay with that, okay? So then he says, That's, this is what's making us righteous. And the righteousness of God, they have not submitted. It says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Now I've got to explain this really quick. Because when he says Christ, he's actually saying in Jewish speak, Messiah. 
and the Messiah is considered the end of the law. Why? Because the Messiah, from a Jewish concept and construct, is the person that's ushering in the millennial age, the new age. And Jesus Christ was there. He provided all of the things that they were looking for in the law. And when he, and after he's died and then the Holy Ghost came, now I got it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that back, I'm gonna step, I'm gonna, I gotta take my time on that one. I wanna give you that one good. Okay. But what they saw, oh, hallelujah, as the apostles, and the adherents of the apostles, the disciples of the apostles, what they had access led them to the conclusion that this was no other thing but from God for them in the last days. What they had received and what they were receiving, both Gentile and Jew, could, be, could not come for any other reason but to usher in the millennial age. That's what they were looking for. Why? Why did they believe that this structure, what they were dealing with and what, they were occur what was occurring in their community led them to believe that this is it. Number one, this was before the temple fell. This was before 70 AD. So the temple was still there. Paul was still there. The Jews were there. I mean, they were under persecution, but the Holy Ghost was still there. And it was moving, and it was converting, and they were adhering to the Word of God. This was nothing else of anything coming from God. Why did they get that, that conclusion? Because as far as, as long as, as far as Paul was concerned, we were in it. This is the end. We are ready to go. Hallelujah. The reward is nigh. This is all we have to do. As long as we maintain, we are ready to go. Hallelujah. So here we go. Let's continue on. It says, For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. I'll explain that when we get over there to Deuteronomy. Amen? He says, everything. Now it says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? Now, this is about something else. I'll show you in Deuteronomy. We'll say, I know I keep telling you, I'm going to show you in a little bit. I'm just taking my time, right? But listen, you've got to understand this. This thing right here that's in parentheses that says, that is to bring Christ down from above. Ignore that. I know it's in there, but I'm not. That is not what the apostles who were Jews believed. That's not what that was for. When Paul said that, you got to go over to Deuteronomy and see what he meant when he said that. And I'm going to take you over there and show you that. As well as, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. That was added. That's why it's in parentheses. It was added. It wasn't there originally. All right? I got to step you through this. I got to explain this. It was not there. It was added. Okay? And that which was added was added for the purpose of someone to show something that wasn't there. What did I say about religions? Religions keep you blind. Religions keep you dumbed. 
Religions show you only what they want you to see. Okay? Now, I'm going to break you out of a religion this morning. Hallelujah. If I can. Hallelujah. If you stay with me, give me some patience. Hallelujah. So then, here we go. But what saith this? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. In other words, it's close enough to you. Amen? That you should not be able to misunderstand this. This is what Paul is saying. Now, let me explain all this. Go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy. Flip on over there to Deuteronomy 30. Now you'll understand what I'm talking about in a second. Go to Deuteronomy 30. Let me get there with you too. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. Ready? And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse. Now this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. And he's just got through explaining to them all of the things that they will have to do in order to please God. Now, you got to understand something. Moses was not interested in creating a religion. Moses was interested in doing what God said to do, to bring God down here. In religions, you're constantly working to leave this earth for a better place. In godliness, you're not interested in leaving this place because God is trying to get down here. So everything he's trying to tell you and explain to you through the word of God is to make this world presentable for his presence. That's why we're here. That's why God has established his spirit in people down here. He did not just keep it up there. Don't go looking for it up there. Look for it down here. It's close to you down here. What does he say when he says that? Because remember, Paul just got through saying that too, right? But he used it in a little different way. The scriptures say it this way. Let's continue on. And shalt return, at least the curse, that thou shalt call them to mind among the nations, whether the Lord thy God has driven thee, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children. We're in Deuteronomy 30 and 2. All right? You got it? And the children know, and all thy children, that when that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. What is he talking about right here in thirty and thirty-one and two? He's talking about and three. He's talking about when you get in trouble, you turn yourself through repentance. All you have to do is repent. If you start with repentance, God is faithful to hear you. And God is faithful to come gather you. Amen? And he will hear you, even you and your little ones, which is the next generation, and the littlest little ones, which is the next generation, and every generation that is established in God's kingdom with, to call upon his name. If you repent, he'll hear you. Amen? Amen? Everything begins with repentance with God. Nothing of God does not start right there. Amen? You just can't jump up and say, 
I believe today and never repent and then talk about you saved. That ain't the way God established it. That's not godliness. The difference between religion and godliness is that you do it God's way. To do what God said to do. Because God's righteousness must be adhered to. All right? So let me continue on. All right? So there we go. That window, that was in three, right? Now I'm in four. If any of thine be driven out unto the outermost parts of heaven, that means if any, hallelujah, of you all that are in the body or desiring of the body or that God has called before you knew that you were in the body, but you were in the body, if you're too far out, he'll call you back. Hallelujah. He'll give you something to remind yourself that he exists and that he is your help. Hallelujah. Why? Because he's faithful to his word. Hallelujah. He's faithful to them he has called. He is faithful to them who he has deliverance available for. All right. I'm trying to get into this. I'm working my way up. And I'm trying to be careful of my time, too. So I got to move. I got to move. Hallelujah. If any of thine be driven out unto the outermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee. And from thence will he fetch you. Hallelujah. Come back here. Hallelujah. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart. Hallelujah. What does it mean? mean? I'm going to teach you, hallelujah, about me. I'm going to give you an understanding and a desire to know me. An uncircumcised heart is a wild man. Hallelujah. It's under its own authority. It has its own choices it wishes to make. But a circumcised heart is a heart established for God, by God. Under no other circumstances will it ever leave God. Hallelujah. Because God circumcised it himself. We don't circumcise hearts, hallelujah. We circumcise genitalia, hallelujah. But we don't circumcise hearts. Only God can circumcise hearts. I don't care how many times you read this Bible, you'll never be able to circumcise your heart, hallelujah. That comes from God and his doing. That's why he gave you a way to do it. Hallelujah, he's going to tell you here in a second if they would listen, hallelujah. He's going to show them how he did it. Hallelujah, let me continue on. Remember that. If any of thine, no, where was I at? Hallelujah. <coughs> and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. What do you say? Living. Living. Keep that in your mind. Godliness is living. Living is life. Life. Full of God is an abundance of life, an abundance of living. You don't lose nothing by getting with God. You don't lose nothing. And if anybody try to put a bondage on you and a yoke on you, you have the right to shake it off and move on one to God. Hallelujah. Don't let nobody put a yoke on you. Hallelujah. You're free. Hallelujah. How are you going to be free and free indeed and then somebody come along and put a bondage on you and then put a yoke on you? Now you can't wear pants as a lady. No, what's wrong with you? Hallelujah. The God that we serve never said nothing about that. In other words, somebody came along and said, we want to be presentable and we want our women to be looking like this. That's them. Mm-hmm. That's men. 
That's religious. That's religion. And then they use these scriptures to fulfill that, that point. That's why I say you got to go through this and say that wasn't there. That was there. What does he mean by that? Let me continue on. Let me go back through this. Hallelujah. There's a whole bunch of that stuff going on. In both in the body and out of the body. Hallelujah. And the Lord thy God will put all these. No, I wasn't there. What was it? And the, I was on seven, right? And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies. And on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. And that, listen, that's all them. Them that put that bondage on you. Listen, they ain't got nothing to do with God. Hallelujah. They're calling themselves holy. They're going around and speaking in tongues and then putting you under bondage. Hallelujah. That ain't got nothing to do with God. Hallelujah. That's a religion. And they keep perpetuating that religion. Under the righteousness and the banner of the holiness of God. And they keep doing it over and over and over. Hallelujah. God's eventually going to fix it. Trust me. He's going to fix it. He's going to straighten that out. And you're either going to fall or you're going to stand. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. You're either going to move forward with God or you're going to fall back. That's, we'll get there. We'll get there to the falling back. Hallelujah. And what that means. I told you, this is a, this is a deep one. I'm going to get there. When I get over to Isaiah, then we'll talk about that. Hallelujah. I know there's a bunch in here. Hallelujah. Keep this recording going on. Hallelujah. For this command, what was I at? Eight. And that's an eight. For thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. Now, commandments have been, in, have been historically linked to religion. Because people see the commandments of the law as burdensome. You know why? Because the hedonism of Hellenism is so freeing. And you don't have to adhere to nothing that's going to make you godlike. You can do it yourself and define your own godliness. But under God's yoke, and under God's idea, and under God's identity, he told the Jews, I want you to live like this. I want you to operate like this for your benefit and the benefit of me being down here. The commandments are simply the requirements that God has established for men to operate in order for his spirit to be down here. That's why he said, I got to put the commandments in their heart so that I can get into their heart. Without the commandments, I can't get in there. Without their desire to choose me, I can't get in there. They can't get to me, and I can't get to them. But once they drop that, drop that drawbridge and open the gates and let me in, I can get in there. But they got to accept the commandments. And the commandments are standing at the door, knocking. Hallelujah. Will you accept the commandments of God Almighty? Once you are okay with accepting the commandments, Lord, I'll do whatever you say to do. Lord, I'll follow wherever you say to go. Lord, I'll listen to whatever you say. You remember that day when you first got saved? You were willing to do anything for God. And then the, 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 the blinds of religion came. And you begin to shut some doors. Uh, you can just shut some windows. I'll do it, but I ain't doing it with help. I'll do it, but I ain't doing it with him. I'll do it, but I don't think I really got to do it like that. Doors start to shutting. 
But when it comes to God, that first time when you first got saved, you were wide open. Mm, I'll take anything God gives me. Hallelujah. You you would accept anything. You've got to be like that. Hallelujah. In order to get God. That's where the Holy Ghost comes in. Hallelujah. I'm going to give to the Holy Ghost in a second. I'm going to strangle that. Hallelujah. Let's continue on. Hallelujah. Here we are. Where was that? In nine, right? And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. In other words, look, he's got something prepared for you. Your land shall be prosperous. The land that he told the Jews that he was going to lead them into, when he told them, if you do what I tell you to do, I'll give you the land in prosperity. But if you get in there and you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to curse it. He just got through telling them all the blessings and the cursings. The blessings and the cursings. If you do, I will do. If you don't, I won't do. That's what he gave them. And that's all it was. Why, why did he give it to them like that? Because he wanted them to do the things that allowed his presence among them. And he gave them a place where his presence was seen and known. The temple, the place of God. This is why when I'm down here on earth, when you see this, I'm here. You've done good enough to allow me to come in. When you don't see me there, I haven't. You've done not good enough to bring me down here. That was the, te- that was the thermometer, the temperature gauge. So when they get, when you got to see God, when they had, they had that. We didn't have that. They had that. But it was for everybody. Listen, when God comes down here, he don't just bless the ones he knows. He bless the ones that don't know him too. Yeah. Everything received a blessing. Just because you're the teacher, that don't mean the students don't get what you get. All right. Hallelujah. Let's continue on. What was that? Did I, did I score over here? I'm still there. I'm in 10, right? Here we go. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul, if you turn to the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, Neither is it far off. Remember? Deuteronomy 10. I mean, Romans 10. It's not far from thee. Don't say it's far from thee. What is, what is not far from thee? The commandment. The mockery. It ain't far from you. The way to bring God down here is not hard to figure out. It's not hard. And it's not hard and arduous to do. It's not difficult to get the Holy Ghost. It's not difficult to receive the abundance of God. It is not difficult to do what God said to do and to perform the righteousness of God. It's not hard to do. Who should, this, what did he say? It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it? What did they use that for? They said it was to bring Christ down. Didn't they? Told you that wasn't in there. That's not in there. That's not how Paul used that. Paul was referencing this. 
in Deuteronomy 30 that the Holy Ghost is not far from getting to you. It's not hard to get. But they changed that. They made it a slight adjustment to proof Trinity doctrine. That's all they did. Amen? To concept and get up a construct and put religion down and have you burden to something that wasn't there. Amen? By keeping you blind about what the scriptures say. Making these connections are difficult for a lot of people. And nobody's going to go check that stuff out. Somebody's got to bring it down to you. What did it say in 10 later on? How beautiful are the feet of the pastors or the preachers that preach. They're supposed to come and get this stuff and bring it out so that everybody understands what God means when he says this and provides you access to this. That's what the preaching is for. That's down there lower in Romans 10. Told you Paul was still on the up and up when it came to the scriptures. It's just that when people began to look at it and interpret it, they went a whole other route with Romans 10 and came up with this believe it and receive it junk. Hallelujah. That's not what was here. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I'll give you what belief is in a second. Let's continue on. Amen. Listen. Who shall go up to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea. What did it say? It's too deep. Thank you. It said it was too deep. In other words, it's down in hell. That was the insinuation. That was the exception, the assumption that they were making. That he, because they said, who shall, because Christ descended. That's what they put down. Listen, it's not hard to get access to God. It's not difficult to understand the Holy Ghost. It's not difficult to understand the intentions of God on this earth to heal and to save and to deliver. All it's right here. It had always been here. Let's continue on. Neither is it beyond it. Now he went there. Unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is nigh thee. Nigh unto thee. Nigh unto thee means close. It's already in you. It's already there. It's already available. It's all around you. It's already here written. It's already established. There's nothing new coming down to present you before God. God has already done that. He already gave you what you needed to be presented to before God in victory and in peace and in love. Hallelujah. But the word is nigh thee, unto thee, in thy mouth. In other words, you already spoke it. You've already got it in you. You've already expressed it and explained it. And you've heard it. You repeat it in your prayers. Hallelujah. Out of your mouth. Hallelujah. And in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Hallelujah. Listen to me. But the word, there we go. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. It's there. You make the short. You make the choice. Choose right. Choose life. Choose righteousness. You have the ability to choose. Religion takes away that. Religion takes away your ability to choose. Religion says, in a sense, for some people, either you do what we say or you'll die. 
Either you do what right or you die. Either you do what God says to do or you're out. You don't get no reward. Nah, 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 nah. And you do it my way. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's not godliness. God is available to everybody. Them that know and them that don't know. He's available. His blessings fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. Don't worry about why an evil man gets a blessing. Because we've got a God. Don't worry about a good man gets a cursing. Because we've got a God. Because a good man will get a blessing and a bad man will get a cursing. Because we've got God. He makes the decisions. He establishes before the road is built. Hallelujah. Let's continue on. I'm trying to move through this. I haven't got much time. Hallelujah. Let's go. There we go. See, in that, that I commanded, I'm 16, right? In that I command thee this day to love the Lord. This, that's a commandment. That's a commandment, isn't it? To love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments. The commandment is to keep the commandments. Hallelujah. Now, am I talking about trying to go back and trying to remember what the law meant and said? And trying to figure that out and try and do it in my Gentile mind and in my Gentile life? No! Why? Get the Holy Ghost. You get all the commandment. What did Jesus say? All the law. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Where'd that come from? I'll tell you where that came from. I told you in the dark class. You'll remember when you get to it. Elel came up with that concept and construct. He said, do unto, don't do unto anyone else that you wouldn't do unto yourself. Don't do evil unto anyone else that you wouldn't want done unto yourself. Now go learn. Do that. All the law. All of the intention of the law was for the community to be connected to the greater aspect of the world. Everyone. Because God can't come down here and change nothing unless everybody is on board with God. Everybody gets connected. Hallelujah. That's the goal. That's the purpose of the law. That was the intention of the commandments. And the command was to do the commandments. Love everybody. Pray for everybody. Continue to live your life to the best and the fullest you can. Loving yourself and others. Being connected. Being well. Living your life. Don't worry about what's going on out there. It's going to take care of itself because God's in God's hands. Yeah. Everything is in God's hands. Don't you know there's a commandment? I'm going to get there in Isaiah. He's already saying, I will take care of you while everybody else is having trouble. All right. Because you're mine. I made a commitment to you. Let me continue on. Let me get there. Aha. I got to hit you, Isaiah. I'm trying, I'm trying to be careful of everybody's time. But if I denounce unto you this day, but if thine heart turn, there we go, this is 17, right? But if thine heart turn away so that thou will not hear, because you got a choice, hallelujah, but thou sh but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passest over Jordan 
to go to possess it. That did not say that he was going to immediately strike you dead and kill you. You're still going to live. You're still going to develop. You're still going to be, but you ain't got a long time to do it. There's a space of grace for everybody. There's a time that God has established for that spirit to be down here. And all of the time that God is calling for you to get that spirit in line with him and you choose not to, you still got certain days for your time to walk in this earth, which means you still got certain days to repent. And repentance is available for everybody. Whether you are in, out, work in, and work out. Hallelujah. It's still there. Everybody has that opportunity. Let's continue on. I'm almost now. I'm almost through with Deuteronomy. I love Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 31 and Romans 10. Romans 10 kind of sucks. Explain Deuteronomy 31, so you can get off that believe it and receive it mess that they keep pushing down on people. Talking about that's all you have to do is just believe in your heart, confess in your mouth. That ain't what the scripture says. That's what Romans is saying. But if you go back there and proof that, you know that belief. Hallelujah. Let me. Let me I'm gonna go that. Let's continue on. Let's continue on. Uh, I call heaven, I denounce it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and thy seed may live. Choose life. You have the ability to choose this. Righteousness is before you. The righteousness of God is to choose life, not death. Follow the commandments. Accept the yoke of the Lord our God Almighty. It is light. It does not come with a whole bunch of stipulations. The people, listen, the Jews had to do what they had to do because they were required for the, it, it was a matter of training them to be the son of God, to teach everyone else how to get to God. So the teacher has to be provided the material to teach. So God gave them the material to teach. We are the learners of the teachers. We learn from what they absorbed. They were the light that we were supposed to accept. It's still there. It's still there. The definitions and the constructs that are existing in the, and that exist out of the scriptures are still there. Let's continue on. I'm going to go over there to Isaiah 28. Let's go. I was supposed to use these notes, but I'm off my notes. Hallelujah. Yeah, that all right with y'all? That's all right. All right. I'm going to try and move through this real quick. I thought I figured I got, I figured I would need it as a crutch, but God's got me. Hallelujah. I don't need no crutch right now. Hallelujah. When I go back to it in a second, maybe I'll go back to it. Isaiah 28. Where we're at. Here we go. I'm going to need a Bible with a bigger book, big, with some bigger writing, though. I'm going to need some new glasses. One together. Hallelujah. Here we go. Hallelujah. Here we go. Spirituality. I got this title. Spirituality makes you aware, but doctrine gets you saved. Hallelujah. Let's continue on. That's Isaiah 28. Spirituality makes you aware. There's a whole bunch of people aware of God. Mm-hmm. Don't get confused. Mm. There's a whole bunch of people aware of God, but they're not following and doing what God has told them to do. This is what he's talking about here. A lot of people are spiritually aware, but they're not following the doctrine. Here we go in Isaiah 28. What was that? That's almost in the scripture. Here we go. Here it is. 
Here we go. Where am I starting at, Lord? Hallelujah, Drew. We start at nine. Nine. Whom shall he teach? Ah, uh, should we go? No. Because that's when he just started. Now, here in Isaiah, this is Isaiah talking about Israel. Or, or, or Judah. The southern kingdoms. Not Israel. Israel's the north. Listen. In the north, it's Ezekiel. In the south, it's Isaiah. Israel, Ezekiel. Judah, Isaiah. Okay? That's how it flows. Right? Ain't nothing Isaiah saying to the tribe of Israel. Okay? Isaiah is always speaking to Judah. All right? Now, here we go. And now, he's just got through talking to them about what they were doing. They made it a covenant. Now, this again, let me give you this history real quick. King Ahaz of Judah made a covenant with the Assyrians to fight against Israel and the Syrians. Syrians versus Assyrians. The Assyrians were the stronger. The Assyrians came and destroyed Israel and the Syrians and, got, and took away all of the ten tribes of Israel. Down below where Judah was, was the last two tribes. Okay, Ahaz was the king of the last two tribes of Judah. The Assyrians was at the door of the tribe of Judah and Jerusalem to take them out with a huge army. They were about to be annihilated. If that had happened, there would be no more Jewish people. You understand? There would be no more. Once the Israelites got carried away into Assyria, there were no more. And this is what was going to be, that's what they were looking at. But God had made a promise to David that David's seed would not sit off the throne of Israel, of Judah, right. of Judah, Jerusalem, of Israel. So Ahaz was of the seed of David. And God had promised him, I'm going to take care of you. But they were looking at what was in front of them. This huge army at their gate. Now, let's go into Isaiah 28. Give in the where was that? I was at nine, right? For whom? He's got to be talking about them. He says, because in eight, he's talking about for all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness. He's talking about their trust, them putting their trust in the Assyrians. And it didn't benefit them anything. Amen? Because the Assyrians are now there at their gate. All right? He says, now, he says, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. It's talking about the Jews. Them that had the word of God. It was nigh thee, even in thy mouth. They were familiar with God and the ways of God and the words of God and the activity of God. What he was able to do. They were, it was in, they were, and they stuck the milk of the goodness of God. They understood God, and they, they still went over there and put their faith in man. All right. So what is he saying? Let us continue on. For precept upon precept, precept upon precept, everything you got, you got it the way it was given. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Why does he keep repeating it? Why? He wants them to get it in their understanding. Everything that was that was given to you was for your benefit from God. Everything that all the commandments 
that you were given prompted you up to a relationship with God that was above anything on this earth. All right? Let's continue on. For whom shall he... Now, for priests of a lot of a line, here a little and there a little. Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Here we go. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. The Holy Ghost is required. It came, they understood it, but it was presented to them by the word, the commandments. Let's equate a couple of things. It's the commandments of God that put the Jewish person into a relationship with God. When they adhered and accepted the commandments of God, they were in relationship, full relationship with God. Now, in this day, those that are in, in well and accepted and approved by God have the commandments of the serpent identified by the circumcision of the hearts put in them, making them in full uh, 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 familiarity with God just as they did with the commandments. No stammering of lips. No unknown tongue. No confirmation or approval of the commandments existing. We receive the commandments in our heart. The heart is what makes us, gives us access to God. Ain't love. Love, love ain't got nothing to do with this. Love ain't got nothing to do with it. Come in love and you fall out of love just as quick as anything. Have a couple of relationships, get some boyfriends. See how long they last. Hallelujah. They all last short time. Even wives and husbands last short time. Short enough time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope that they last for forever. Forever, ever. Forever. But it ain't always full of goodness. Hallelujah. But with God, it's full of goodness. Because as long as you adhere to the commandments, his presence is with you, and you always have access to talk to God. That's a blessing. Lay your petition and talk, Lord, I'm in trouble. I'm in need. But what do you need? While I'm here, if I'm here a short time, tell me what you want me to do for you. Hallelujah. They say I got a short amount of time. They say I got a little bit of time. But while I'm here, let me bless your holy name. God will move some things and start straightening some things out and start moving some things and keep you, hallelujah, stable. Hallelujah. Even walking, you call them the walking dead. Hallelujah. Them that were supposed to be dead, but God preserved them, hallelujah, through their situations and they didn't know it. Hallelujah, we call that the walking dead. Hallelujah. Because God's got them walking and talking and living for him and doing his will while they're supposed to be locked out. Hallelujah. From men's perspective. You ain't going nowhere. Hallelujah. God's got you. Hallelujah. He'll keep you. Hallelujah. That's what it's meant by keeping. Don't you know how many people were supposed to be dead in these Old Testament times? Healthy was not a big deal. They were not healthy back there. But God had them walking and talking with spleens broken. Hallelujah. 
God had them healing up and walking and talking with things that should have knocked them out the box a long time ago. Hallelujah. God is good. He is, he's a preserver. He's a way. Let me continue on. Let's go back in here to 28. Hallelujah. Where we at? Where we at, 28? What was that? Well, priest, here we go. With stammering lips. Hallelujah. And the tongue. Speak to his people. What does that mean? He's speaking. Oh, I mean, he's going he to explain it in a second. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing that they would not hear. What is he saying? They won't understand what's being presented to them when it comes about because they haven't been preparing themselves to understand what God's doing. That didn't stop God from doing what he's doing, whether or not they were prepared for it or not. That didn't stop God from doing what he was going to do. He waited for them to try and get on board before he bring it down here. He waited for us before he does what he's going to do, before he gets down here. You ain't got control over it, and you can't go up there and get it. And it ain't all right down here. It is right here. It ain't nowhere hidden. It ain't behind a rock or a bush. And it's not deeply in the seed of a mind of a child that's to come. It's right here. In the book. In the word of God. That's what you've got to get in you. By your acceptance and your righteousness unto God. Let me continue. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Hallelujah. I ain't left nothing. Let's continue on. Hallelujah. Let's go. Here we go. I got to get down here. I'm almost done. Ah, oh, I'm over one. Y'all all right? You all right? All right. I'm going to get done with this. I'm going to try and get out of here real quick. Hallelujah. But the word of the Lord. What was that? This is it. But the word of the Lord. This is 13. Was unto them. Ah, here he goes again. Precept. By precept. Precept. Upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared. That's what it called that stumbling block, hallelujah. That they'll stumble upon it, hallelujah. It was established, hallelujah. And it'd be, but they fell because they didn't want to apply it. They rested in something else. What did he say? If you don't adhere, you won't accept, you won't receive. In 30, in 30, and under the bottom, he's talking about the curses, remember? He said, if you do, if you accept, if you don't accept, I won't be with you. I lay this as a decree before you. Hallelujah, 30. Deuteronomy 30. Either you accept it and establish it, and you'll get it, or if you put something in the way, you will not. We pray earnestly. That all of them seeking the Lord take away everything before them that they might receive the commandment of God witnessed in the stammering of tongues, that uh, unknown tongues, that they may accept and be seen and be validated by God as receiving all that God has provided for his people to present himself down here for the glory of God. That's why we get saved. That's our reward. Our reward, listen, our reward for all of our trouble and for all of our blessings is right in our hands. It's access 
to God. When you get up out of here, you get a double reward. You get taken care of. But guess what? You're coming back. Listen, have you ever wondered why? I always wonder why God is so particularly fond of this world that he wants to get down here. What is it down